BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. So guys, the end of the year is coming up, which means that a lot of you may be setting goals for the new year. Maybe it's starting a side hustle, or maybe it's traveling a lot more. If this sounds like you, make sure you listen to last week's episode with Tracy Comlos. She's the founder of Pangea Dreams, which is an all-female retreat, which trains women to make money while traveling full-time. Pretty cool. Also, if you did miss last week's episode, I have a super exciting announcement for you. If you want to win a goodie bag with my favorite beauty products, make sure you subscribe to and review the podcast and send me a screenshot to sifat.h91 at gmail.com. Guys, I'm giving away a goodie bag to everyone who does this, so don't miss out. Okay, so I am super excited about today's episode. I'm chatting with Dr. K. Durairaj, an LA-based board-certified plastic surgeon, and we dive into the world of plastic surgery. And guys, we talk about everything, and I mean everything. I'm talking preventative Botox, how to find the right plastic surgeon, anti-aging skincare routines, non-invasive fat melting treatments, cellulite, and so much more. I think plastic surgery is a fascinated subject because it really divides people. There are a ton of people who are just completely against it without really having done their research, and as a result, so many people are victims of quote-unquote filler shame. You guys know that I am all about education because more often than not, stigma is a result of lack of education and exposure. So whether you're looking to get a procedure done or are confused about plastic surgery or are completely against it, I think you'll learn a lot from this episode. So with that, let's welcome Dr. K. Okay, Dr. K, to start, I want to know how you got into plastic surgery. What got you interested in the field? Well, I love facial anatomy. So I think it was first and foremost my love of the anatomy of the face. Mm-hmm. It's the most difficult, challenging anatomy. And um, my dad is actually a head neck surgeon also, so that definitely influenced me starting out. But it was the best specialty. When I went in my surgical rotations, I really mm-hmm. loved the anatomy of it. It really runs in the family. It does, yeah. So plastic surgery is one of those fields where you have to have like a real vision. Um, I feel like it's almost like sculpting because you need to change or enhance something while still having it look really realistic so what gets you to that point of artistry like what do you think in your training like was there a moment like 
You know, it's interesting because they don't even train for that aspect mm. of plastic surgery, the art of it. Yeah. And I really feel that it's so dependent on the person, the surgeon, the injector who's doing your treatments. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to see someone who has that innate tendency to see beauty and be an artist. Like, I personally am an artist. I paint, I sculpt, mm -hmm. I do a lot of different mediums, but that's influenced me a lot. And many plastic surgeons are artists. But you have to have a great aesthetic eye. Like, it always worries me to go see a hairdresser who has terrible hair themselves. Oh, my gosh. It's you the know? most stressful thing. It is, because you're like, okay, I'm trusting you with my hair, but you can't even do your own hair. <laughs> and then I see that in <laughs> plastic surgery. <laughs> right? I see that in our plastic surgery meetings. So we go to these national meetings, and they're run by these old fogey guys who have never had Botox, and their faces are kind of sliding off. And, you know, Ooh. it's like you're dictating women's impressions of beauty and facial standards but you don't take care of yourself and you don't I mean how do I trust them to have the eye for what is beautiful totally so it's very much just artistic intuition so uh, speaking of that um if someone wants to get a procedure done what are a few things they can do to find the right plastic surgeon so do your research. Of course, we always talk about find someone who's board certified. Mm -hmm. And certification should be in those specialties that encompass the area that you're most interested in. So, mm -hmm. you know, facial plastics for facial procedures is going to be the best. Oculoplastics is great, especially around the eyes. General plastics, you know, they do everything, including the body work. But you, you want to be careful because there are people out there who are obstetricians, gynecologists, urologists dermatologists, emergency room doctors, dermatologists, of course, are fine. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, emergency room doctors and internists doing Botox now. What? And, yes. So, I mean, it's here. It's blatant. I have seen so many patients go to many spas that are run by a doctor who decided to just branch out and start doing on the side a little Botox when their normal practice is internal medicine, like treating hypertension. So Unlike Ford, I can't believe that. Yeah, in California, you don't have to have, and in the nation, you do not have to have any special certification to start doing facial aesthetic procedures. That's insane. Yeah, so if you don't do your homework, you can very easily walk into like a beautiful setting in an expensive location, Beverly Hills or wherever, mm -hmm. and see someone who looks completely credible and mm -hmm. yet who does not have any amount of training. Like, I can't tell you the number of physicians assistants and, and many spa nurses and people out there that are injecting and I could give them a piece of paper and say okay you do Botox every day of the week here's a blank piece of paper why don't you draw for me the muscles nerves arteries and innervation of the forehead and, mm -hmm. and they would give me a blank look so, oh my god yeah that's that scary it's, so what are some questions that you can ask before committing to it like at your con do you do a consultation first like what's the right process I think a consultation is totally appropriate, and it needs to be with the person who's doing your treatment, ideally, mm -hmm. because some places you won't even meet the physician or the injector, you'll just meet sort of a consultant. Mm -hmm. And in California, especially, it's not legal to do consultations if you're not a medical professional. Mm -hmm. So be aware of that. Like, you can't just do it with a nice college graduate who sort of knows what they're talking about. You have to be actually a physician to give a medical consultation. That is insane. Yeah, so do, you know, get the consult, have somebody look at your face thoughtfully, make sure they sound like they're looking at your whole face, because too often people come in like, oh, I'm just here for Botox, and I say, well, no, you're not, you're going to get a whole beauty plan from me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at your whole face, your aging process, what you've had done, what I think is something you're going to need to get done coming up, like the changes I see occurring in your face. Mm -hmm. So have someone be that thoughtful about your face, not just like, oh, okay, let's shoot you up. That's crazy to me. So do you have a specialty? 
I am head and neck surgery and, and all facial plastics. So everything, yeah. like your everything, collarbone and up. Okay, minus so. the brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what are the trends? Like, is there a specific thing that a lot of your clients are asking for right now? I think facial contouring is a big trend. Mm-hmm. Um, patients are doing more preventative maintenance, so starting young in their twenties and thirties. When they see fine lines and furrows and scowling, like starting Botox early to prevent permanent lines from developing, that's a big trend. Mm-hmm. Another trend is like medical grade skincare. So people are smart enough to realize now that things you buy at Sephora are not going to be equal to what you can buy in a doctor's office. And also things that cost a ton of money because of their brand name content is not the same as good ingredient content. Right. Um, and in terms of celebrities, for example, like, do you notice when a celebrity has a procedure done? Like, what are some of the trends among celebrities right now? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, the Bella Hadid transformation is super in the news. Yeah, I, but you know what's funny about that is, like, whoever has done it has done it, obviously, like, very craftily, because you know that there's something different, but I personally, like, with, obviously, I'm not a plastic surgeon, but... I can't pinpoint what exactly has been done, you know? Yeah, I mean, she clearly has had work done, and she definitely denies it. Mm -hmm. But for sure, she's had rhinoplasty work. She's had some, you know, contouring in her cheeks, um, jawline, and I think temple filler, too. But she looks beautiful, and I think there's no harm in it. There's no need for filler shame. Like, do Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Like, if you're going to do it, do your thing, whatever makes you feel beautiful, you know? Yes. You know, it's really just body art is one other form of of expression. So hundred percent. And people should feel free to like try new things with their faces and their bodies. Absolutely. Um, so tell me what facial sculpting looks like. What, what is that exactly? Well, that's sort of what I do in my practice, using fillers, Botox, mm-hmm. and some of our non-invasive treatments to reshape the face. Mm-hmm. And we're all born with asymmetries where the two halves of the face are not equal. If you study very closely, 99.5% of the population is asymmetric. Mm-hmm. And it's really only the 1% of supermodels of the world that have pure symmetry of their faces. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, like when we fix asymmetry, and make the face look more symmetric, we have actually great results with more beauty. So when I do facial contouring, I'm trying to, um, you know, elevate cheekbones or make a jawline extra sharp or take a a nose that has a little bump and kind of camouflage that. So all of these nice tricks that we can do with non-invasive techniques now. So when you do go into, like, for example, like, refine the nose a little bit, you obviously, it's not rhinoplasty then because it's non-invasive? Right, and we can do that non-surgically, so I do an injection rhinoplasty, which is so popular right now in my practice, mm-hmm. and you can literally leave in 15 minutes with like this, a nice, cute, perky nose that's streamlined. Wow. Yeah, like if you've always had a bump on your nose, uh-huh. we can kind of camouflage and hide that, and it's very transformative. So what does that look like, that process? That is just coming in, putting on some numbing cream. We do a full consultation. We take photographs, and then we assess, you know, where on your nose you'd like a little more volume, a little less volume. Mm-hmm. So I can take a very wide nose and narrow it. You can take a very flat nose and build the bridge. You can hide a nasal bump or hump. Yeah. And then we even take very crooked noses and make them look straight. Wow. And the cutest part is doing my Tinkerbell tip lift where the, the nose that's relatively you know, not too cute at the tip can have really contoured sculpted tip. So how often would you have to come and get that redone? Well, um, the initial treatment is um, the injection followed by a one-month follow-up where we do little touch-ups, and mm-hmm. that filler lasts up to a year, and some people get 18 months even out of that. So oh, wow. It's a really fun way to just try and experiment and see if you really like a different thing on your nose. And right. 
perhaps if you like that, you go on to having a permanent rhinoplasty mm -hmm. surgery. Got it. And what, for someone who doesn't know, what are the different kinds of fillers and what are they good for? So there's um, many fillers that are FDA approved for use in the face. There's mm -hmm. the hyaluronic gel fillers, mm -hmm. like the Juvederms and Restylanes that yeah. are out there. And those are nice. Um, they're ingredients that your own skin makes. Okay. And as we age by age 50, we lose 50% of the hyaluronic in our skin. Mm -hmm. So you're adding back volume and softness and erasing lines with those. Mm -hmm. There are the more firm fillers that are like uh, Radius, which is calcium-based which lasts a little bit longer and has the ability to stimulate collagen and is used in different areas than the softer fillers. Mm -hmm. And then you have collagen stimulators like Sculpture, which is not a filler, but it is a non-invasive injection treatment that grows a whole scaffolding and foundation of nice support for underground um, prevention of aging. So do you have a favorite kind of filler that you like to use? or you use No, it? it really does depend on your face, where the aging concerns are, where you have sagging, drooping, or changes. So that's where we'll really assess you. Cool, got it. And um, what do you do if a patient comes in who's been over-injected? Well, it happens every day. <laughs> this is L.A., so we yeah. see a lot of patients who start to get like filler blindness where they don't see anymore, you know, that their face is getting some mm -hmm. distortions. And... Um, I respect people's idea and notion of beauty. Like sometimes their idea of lip fullness is double what I think is typical. Mm -hmm. But I don't mind doing a fuller lip. But if I see someone who's truly got like a lioness face where they've really over-injected, I try to distract them and dissuade them from getting filler done in the most obvious areas. Instead, focusing maybe on the temples, on the jawline, on areas that provide more structure. And then they see the changes that they want to see, but they don't get that overblown, overfilled face. And... So if, if someone does come in, like, are you quite transparent with them? Like, if they come in for a consultation and oh, they have yeah. a lot, like, yeah. and they just... Because I, I would guess that, I mean, sometimes maybe you just don't realize what you've done to your face and, like, how it's how true. far you've gone. Yeah, sometimes you just, you know, you do a syringe of filler for your lips and it looks cute and then that initial joy wears off and then you're like, oh, I need more, I need more. Yeah. So I, I am always one to say, well, I think you've done enough there. Let's wait six months till we do that again. Right. And I am very honest about it, and I don't want patients to do more than they need. There yeah. are lots of places that will sell you more filler and just put it in you, but I'm not one of them. I mean, I think that that is the difference between, like, having that artistic eye where, like, you want to enhance, whereas, like, make exactly. someone look just, I guess, like, like pretty fake. Then. Exactly, yeah. So I think it's nice that you do that. So I know we, like, touched on preventative Botox, but I wanted to get a little bit more into that. So when do you recommend someone starts that, and how do they make sure that they don't look crazy? Because you know those, like, crazy botched Botox jobs? Like, yeah, it's really, um, you can start at any age. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see a furrow or a static line, a mm -hmm. line that's there even when you're not moving, that's when you want to start thinking of Botox. And you're going to use Botox in those dynamic muscles that are creating those lines. So the frowning muscles, the scowling, mm -hmm. the squinting muscles around the eyes. And um, I start as young as in the 20s. Like occasionally we'll see like a 17 or 18 year old that, or someone who's underage has to come with their parent. Mm -hmm. Mostly it's really just adult age. So 18 and up is good. And, and um it lasts for four to six months. If you start young enough, those muscles thin out and you just never get lines. Really? Mm -hmm. So uh, in terms of, like, for example, people with, uh, like, I guess, different kinds of skin colors, like, is is it different for, like, I guess, uh, someone with lighter skin as opposed to darker skin in terms of, like, when they should start? Not so much, but the lighter skin types do crinkle and have more sun damage and photo damage. So, yeah, when you have a blonde or blue-eyed person, 
They will probably start at an earlier age, and really sun protection is a factor too. So if someone's not using sunscreen, they'll be a lot more prone to wrinkle. Right. So while we're on this topic as well, talk to me about under eye fillers. Like, how does that work? What kind of filler do you use? Like, what does that process look like to make sure that it's still very like real looking? Yes, so when we um, assess the under eye, we'll kind of determine if you're more hollow or if you have more crinkles. Mm -hmm. I'm able to use a one-point touch technique, so just one needle stick with a cannula, which is a blunt, very safe needle that prevents bruising mm -hmm. and, and also prevents you know potential injury, hopefully. And um, using a soft gel filler, we can just kind of add filler in all the right locations so you're less hollow. And filler actually has the ability to diffuse light so you see less of that bluish hue mm. or darkness under the eyes. So it looks immediately brighter and fresher and rested and really good. And I always use a little less. You know, it's always nice to not have a bloated, overfilled look. So we start kind of on the low side. Mm -hmm. And do you do it like crow's feet all the way you can, but mostly we'll start in the under eye hollow. Okay, and what if what about if you have issues with crow's feet? Like, how do you deal with that? Well, crow's feet are best treated with Botox mm -hmm. in the beginning when you have um, you know smaller crow's feet. It's from the repetitive crinkling of those orbicularis muscles around the eye. Mm -hmm. So Botox will soften and stop those crinkles, and in turn stop those crow's feet from happening. We always want to also treat that very naturally. If you overdo it or do it in the wrong location, it can make you have kind of a blunted you know, not as normal smile. So we got to make sure your Botox is injected correctly. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have a lot, a lot of crow's feet, let's say when you're getting into your 60s, 50s and 60s, mm -hmm. that's definitely an opportunity for volume and filler. Got it. Cool. And while we're on the subject of anti-aging, I wanted to talk to you about your skincare line. How did that come about? Oh, that came about from me just being a skincare fanatic. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> too, right? I love skincare. I have a bazillion different bottles of things. And over the years, having tried so many samples and so many products, I've kind of cultivated and come up with a line of products that I think have all the best ingredients. So mm -hmm. I really just curated the very strongest possible medical-grade ingredients and very safe, so paraben-free, dye-free, animal, cruelty-free, um, mm -hmm. and full of you know, wonderful ingredients like green tea. I really believe in antioxidants, and I try to use natural ingredients as much as possible. Oh, that's amazing. I'm sure people will really appreciate that. Yes, and your skin really will appreciate it too. Oh, I bet. I think, like, there's... There's, I think using high quality skincare products is just so important. Yeah. It's what will really give you the difference, I think. There's no substitute because people want me to say that, yeah, you can buy stuff at Target that's going to work great, but I'm sorry, a $3 skincare cream or a $15 one is just not going to perform the way that, you know, skincare cream with really strong grade ingredients performs. Absolutely. It's just the way it is. They just don't put enough product in there and they don't put the quality and the strength of the product that you need. Mm -hmm. And if someone is just beginning to pay attention to their skincare regime, what would you tell them to do? Well, um, we always say 90% of aging changes are from the sun. So if mm -hmm. you were to do only one thing, mm -hmm. sunscreen is key, and that's so boring, but so true. Uh, it's uh, But honestly, like it is. It's honestly true. It's that repetitive thing you do every day that's going to make your skin better. I would say vitamin C every morning and high-dose retin-A at night. Very, very important to have the best skin possible. Great tips. Um, what's a good solution for under-eye circles? Like, Would you recommend something from your line? For sure. My eye cream is great, and I love my eye cream because it does have retin-A in it. It has low-dose retinol, which is not going to irritate you under the skin, but it is going to build the texture, tone, and support of that really thin skin around the eyes. And if I had known better, I would have started eye cream when I was 20. 
You never start. I think the earlier the better, right? Yes. Like, why does nobody tell us that? (laughs) Because by the time you start your good eye cream, it's because you're seeing problems, crinkles, Mm. little fine lines and changes. So this, with the Retin-A in it, really is going to improve the quality and texture of the skin. And people are scared to put Retin-A around the eyes, but with the right formula, it's not irritating. It's just enough. So Retin-A is like the, I guess, the key to good, like taking care of under eye circles. Around the eyes and something for depuffing. So I have ingredients for pigment and things that take kind of the fluid out of the puffy tissues under the eyes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... Moving away from skincare a little bit, tell me about Kybella. What is it good for? Because this is kind of new still. What is it good for? What do you use it for? So Kybella is our fat-melting enzyme shot, and it's really terrific for, it's FDA-approved for submental fat or fat under the chin, Mm -hmm. and it will melt the double chin permanently. Mm -hmm. So you can come in, get a shot of Kybella. I recommend three vials of Kybella per inch of fat that you can pinch. So Mm -hmm. you reach up and you can pinch one inch, three vials, two inches, six vials, and so on. And treatments are done, um, you know, with a little local anesthetic so you don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. And then we do one treatment a month till you kind of reach your goal. So after you reach your goal, you just never have to come back? You're done. You're done. Yeah. And you can never get fat in that area again? Not unless you eat a lot of cheeseburgers. (laughs) (laughs) I recommend anyone does that anyway. (laughs) It permanently dissolves the fat. And, you know, we have patients who are very slim, who exercise, who diet, but that's like a very stubborn, resistant body fat that does not sometimes go away. It's Mm -hmm. hereditary. So it's so nice to have that ability to dissolve that out with a non-invasive treatment. You can, of course, do liposuction, and Mm -hmm. I do neck lipo. I love that. That's nice because it's just one and done. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kybella, you may have to come in a few times depending on the bulk of the neck fat. And I love Kybella for other areas too. It's mm-hmm. not FDA approved for other areas, but I have been using it really effectively in the jowls, in the bra fat, the back fat, the armpit area, mm-hmm. around the knees, the banana roll on the butt, inner thighs. So, so many different applications for Kybella. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I think it's I, that's really great because, like, personally, even for me, I have this, like, little bit of underarm fat, which drives me insane. So it's nice to know that there is, like, you know, I never yes. have to, like, resort to liposuction. Exactly, because I mean? there's so many women like that who don't really want to undergo surgery, but they wouldn't mind doing a little non-invasive body contouring. Like, why not be able to wear your strapless dress and not have that little bulge or that back bulge? Good to know. Really good to know. So talk to me about Brazilian butt lift. Like, I hear hear about it a lot. What is it? Could you explain? Sure. So Brazilian butt lift is the term that's used for, um, you know, it was popularized in Brazil where they Mm -hmm. do liposuction of the body, the stomach, and the the buttocks and everything and the fat that's harvested from that liposuction then gets transplanted to create a round and very voluptuous butt and after brazilian butt injections you can't sit on your butt for six weeks there's a lot of maintenance it's a long surgery it's a very risky surgery so it's one of the surgeries that has the highest mortality or death rate oh my god yeah that's scary just recently the british association for um, plastic surgeons has outlawed it in england because of the high death rate and that comes from fat embolism or, you know, blood clots and fat getting into the bloodstream. So BBL or Brazilian butt lift is definitely doable if you want that really big bubble butt Mm -hmm. and the the kind of the butt that's popularized on television, and Mm -hmm. it gives you that result. But I don't do that, number one, because of the safety issue, and number two, for me, aesthetically, I don't find it that beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I... um, I think a safer alternative, if you want to build up nice padding and volume, mm-hmm. is the sculpture butt augmentation. 
and I'm kind of known for that, and I do what does that look multiple like? Multiple treatments with that. So that's a, the sculpture. Remember, we talked about is our collagen mm -hmm. stimulator. So it's an injection. We do that here in the office. No anesthesia, no general anesthesia. You're awake. Mm -hmm. We just put some numbing cream on you, and we do a series of injections. Sculpture creates new collagen everywhere it's injected. So I'm able to contour the butt and give a little more perky top shelf, fill in you know the hip dip or areas mm -hmm. where you have hollows. It has this great benefit of over time growing long-term collagen. Mm -hmm. So the product lasts for two years. Mm -hmm. Your body creates collagen around it that can last from five years and up. And that's kind of incredible. And you're just kind of creating volume out of thin air. Because there are women who are too thin mm -hmm. to have liposuction with fat injected. They don't have body fat. In fact, this procedure is super popular for models and really skinny type of people who want to build volume, and they just can't, and they don't have the body fat to do a lipo fat transfer. Wow, so this is there's no downtime? There's no downtime. You'll come in, you'll get your shots in the buttock area. Um, you do some massage during that week for five days after, but you literally can drive yourself home. You can sit on it. You can exercise the next morning. Um, maybe there's a small risk of bruises, but that's about it. And really? Yeah, and you'll do one treatment per month. Till you reach your goal size, and mm -hmm. typically patients will do anywhere from six to ten vials per session, and um, the sculpture grows gradually over three to four months. So mm -hmm. you have to be patient, but then you get this beautiful long-term, like tight, perky, nice improvement of the buttocks. And by the time we reach twenty to thirty vials, um, results are incredible. And then you might just touch that up once a year, not so much to touch up the sculpture areas, but the surrounding tissues that keep changing. So this is the kind of Kardashian butt look. This is the Kardashians have had lipo fat transfer, but you know implants reportedly. Mm -hmm. I have to say reportedly. Yeah. <laughs> but they also do sculpture, so they have a photo shoot coming up. They you know add some sculpture reportedly, and then look very nice and firm and perky. So, um, yeah, it looks good, you know, but it does take time to see the results. Absolutely. I yeah, I like it for my more, I call it more of like a Victoria's Secret butt. Right. Taut, firm, athletic, um, not a big bubble butt. Mm -hmm. Sculpture's not going to give you that unless you get like 50 vials in there. Oh, man. That's <laughs> a lot. And that can be pricey. They run around 800 per vial. When we're doing multiple vials, sometimes we'll do as low as 600 per vial. But you can add up and, you know, getting a nice sculpture butt result. Um, is worth it. Yeah. But it can be around twelve to 15000 versus surgery, which could be 25000 not sitting on your butt for six weeks. Oh, that sounds hellish. <laughs> can you Having imagine? a butt pillow. <laughs> Awful. Awful. Um, so talk to me about cellulite. What is a good solution for that? How do you treat it? I also use sculpture to treat cellulite. So those little dimples where the skin puckers mm -hmm. up, we can fill the dimples with sculpture. And um, usually two to three sessions is really good for filling sculpture dimples, maybe 30 to 40% improvement with each session. Really? Yeah. And how many vials go into? Depending on like about one credit card size area is about a vial. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And there's, again, like no downtime. No downtime. That's no amazing. Downtime. There is sulfina, which is out there, which I haven't done, which creates quite a bit of bruising and some downtime, but it's also very effective for cellulite treatments too. So I also wanted to ask you about Cool Sculpt. What what is it? Because I see that people are doing it. Is it permanent? Like, could you get, yeah. take me through the process? So Cool Sculpt is a it's a process where they cryofreeze the fat. So you'll have a, a machine laser tech device that is attached to your body, and the skin and subcutaneous fat are 
chilled down to a temperature where the fat dies, basically. Mm. And with CoolSculpt, you can get about 20% fat reduction in mm. any given area of wherever you do the session. And you do several sessions, um, but it's appropriate for people who have just a little pinch of fat. You don't, you can't treat like a very full, big abdomen that's slightly obese or very mm -hmm. overweight. You're really just going to want it for the very um, fairly athletic toned person who has just those stubborn bulges that don't go away. And it does work, but it takes, you know, imagine 20% of that treatment area per session. So it's going to take a few sessions. And um, yeah, there, there have been some problems with cool sculpture patients get nerve issues afterwards. You are giving yourself frostbite in those areas, basically. And that's what killed the fat, but that also can create some other skin issues. Oh, that sounds painful. I, I haven't had it, but I've heard it's a little tingly, but not, not bad. It's not bad for probably laying down and getting some fat taken off of you. And does it last forever? I believe it is permanent. There are some rare cases of patients who grow extra fat after after cool sculpting, which has been talked about in the literature also. So you can have some patients who paradoxically grow more fat. Oh, man. Sounds like a lot of risk. <laughs> Well, there are easier ways like diet and exercise, but oh, yeah. that's always hard. <laughs> it is, it is. I mean, any, anything that yields long-term results and, like, needs some commitment, you know? Yeah. Um, so what do you think is the biggest misconception when it comes to plastic surgery? I think that patients really feel that there's some kind of magic bullet that we can deliver with a wand and that's just going to transform and change you, like, drastically and permanently and... and um, very important to understand and be fairly happy with who you are as a person like if you're going into plastic search to get something done because you really want to fix and change your life and turn the corner you really have to examine yourself carefully because it's time investment money risk mm -hmm. you know um, and you want to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons like to just improve your self-esteem and don't think it's a magic bullet like it's not going to get you that husband that you want or like that new job or that it really needs to be looked at, like, realistically. I really love that answer. I think it's great because it's true. Like, it's like self-love, I think, comes from within. And you do yeah. have to have, like, of course, like, you know, if this is something that makes you feel, like, more confident, absolutely. But it's not going to, yeah, you're yeah. right. Like, it's not going to give you that job or that husband. or. It's true. I see a lot of girls come in who notice millimeter level changes on their face like they're showing me this millimeter is slightly off on my lip and that millimeter under this cheek is slightly different and I just want to look at them and say listen girl nobody is looking at your face with a microscope mm -hmm. and I don't know why you're doing that to yourself at home because there should be more important things you're doing in your life every day and fixing those millimeters is not going to get you the guy that you want or the mm -hmm. happiness that you want and the filler that we use to get you those results, it does, it is able to fix some of those changes, but it is temporary. Yeah. Your face is going to change again. You're mm -hmm. going to continue to age, so you need to find some degree of happiness internally because, you know, your face has got lots of millimeters to change in the next 50 years ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it's time to really learn self-love. Such a good answer. So before we wrap, Dr. K, where can everyone find you? So find me on my amazing Instagram. It's Beauty by Dr. K, D-R-K-A-Y. And my website is the same, beautybydrk.com. Guys, you have to follow her, by the way, on Instagram because she, like, shows, like, certain processes, which I think is so interesting. So, yeah, she's, like, great to follow if you're interested in plastic surgery at all. Oh, thank you so much. And we're trying to put up more before and after pictures, but Love you'll it. find this on our website, too. And definitely try my skincare. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. K. I'm so glad you came to interview me. Thank <laughs> you.